right. Hi, Robin. Hey, welcome to Nothing Lasts Forever, the podcast about November Rain, the music video, the greatest music video of all time. I'm Tara. I'm Robin. TNR, we talk GNR, we talk November Rain. Mm-hmm. Tara, what's up? Not much. That you was know, so annoying the way that I said, what's up? I'm so... Say it like that again, can you? What's up? <laughs> Yikes. Don't do that Damn anymore. It. So, I don't know. I'm a little groggy today. I have had a long seven days. I was taking care of this cat that had di- diabetic di- cat. I was taking care of diabetes cat. My neighbor has this cat with diabetes and I have to, it needs insulin just like any other person with type two diabetes or cat. And she like tricked me into giving this cat insulin twice a day for eight days. I never agreed to it. And then I get a text that there's a key under the mat Am I, you know, I'm a cat person. I'm not going to this cat fucking die of insulin shock. So, you know, I'm just, I'm exhausted. Is the cat still alive? People want to know. The people want to know. As of yesterday, the cat was still alive. Can I, can I confirm cat's alive today? Cannot. Cannot confirm that the cat Peanut is alive. We cannot confirm that Buckethead is alive. Two things we do not know are alive. It, and this is the Buckethead, actually. I know back, we're back in the Buckethead land. Bucket, got the bucket flu. Buckethead lasts forever. Bucket 19. Yeah. Bucket flu. <laughs> One thing that just occurred to me, Buckethead is maybe Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, as long as we don't know Buckethead's dead. He's alive. He's alive and yeah. doing really well. But the second we look into it, we could kill him. Let's not look into it. Let's leave that box closed, neatly, keep it in the corner. We still do need to find out where this jack-in-the-box jack in the is. <laughs> the infamous jack-in-the-box that has the best Diet Coke. In Southern California. Anyone knows where the best Diet Coke is. Supposedly it's in some jack-in-the-box. but if, if In you, Los Angeles County, we believe. It could be in Ventura County. We know it's not. It could be in Ventura County. Could be in Ventura County. But I think, it, I think it read in LA, but I don't know. But, but the listener, listener, if you know of a really great Diet Coke spot, we want to know it. And speaking on sodas, Robin. Speaking, okay. You said something to me that was really exciting about soda. Do oh, that they're making alcoholic blasts or alcoholic. Mountain Dew. <laughs> they're making Mountain Dew hard, seltzers. Hard Mountain Dew. Why didn't we think of that? Well, no, I th- find it really funny that they've made hard seltzers and then now there's all these soda brands that are just putting alcohol in their soda. Like Topo Chico did it. Yeah, you know. And then now Mountain Dew is doing it. For sure. And, and I you thought- know what? Bring it on. I, I want, want it all. But I thought the Topo Chico, hard Topo Chico was a, just a shark jumper. You know, hard seltzer really jumped the shark with Topo Chico. It's not good. It I is, don't like it, it either. But to, it, Topo, Topo Chico is bad. Bubbly. Yeah. Topo Chico is bubbles are overrated. Aggressive. It's aggressive bubbles. Yeah, they're but awful. This, but this Mountain Dew, this hard Mountain Dew. Absolutely. Sounds great. And it's low sugar. Yeah. I, I When someone told me about that, I said, when? Yeah. I tell said, me when, when and can where? I get it? Yes. Tell me when, tell me where. Speaking of soda. <laughs> okay, but bringing it back to NRU, Diet Coke. It's a Donald Trump, famous lover of Diet Coke, mm-hmm. also famous lover of November Rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so, like we so said, this is related. It's all in the NRU. It's all back to the November Rain universe. So we're really excited though. Today, uh, we are releasing the first part of an, a long form. We did a long interview and sat down with the writer, Art Tavana. Art Tavana recently published a book. It's called Goodbye Guns and Roses. And oh, let me listen, read the subtitle. The Crime, Beauty, and Amplified Chaos of America's Most Polarizing Band. <laughs> 
And I love I'm that. I'm not 100% sure Guns N' Roses is America's I most believe. polarized. You need to read the book. Band. You haven't read you it. You know I don't read books. Doesn't read books, folks. I don't read books because I don't have a good attention span. All. It's because you don't read books, so you don't have a good I used span. to read books, but then, you know. Then the internet happened. So, anyways, Art sat down with us, and we ended up talking for a really long time. I immediately, when the within the first page of, I read books. I read a lot of Robin books. Reads perhaps too many books. And quite frankly, Robin reads so many books that I'm not sure. I think she's faking it and not reading them all, because there's no way... You read all the, I'm looking at a stack of 15 nope. books right now on <laughs> your table. <laughs> that but, is, a, it's not. Whose books are those? I'm taking those books to a new bookshelf that I bought well, in I'm a, a different place. I'm just place. saying, I don't know if you read all these books. I, think I have re- not read all those books. Right. But um, some of those books suck. Yeah, they look really boring. Yeah, they're bad. Um, anyways, I read the first bit of Artemana's book and I was like, almost. I had this like tinge of um, uh, like, fuck because his book is so much aligned with with all the things that we talk about on this podcast Mm -hmm. but he is just a better writer puts things together and is more interesting and better researched and knows more people so it's basically like our podcast if it was good better yeah so but anyways it was incredible to just sit down with him we're going to release this his interview in two parts because it is insanely long and it's really dense so um this is part one. But the other thing that we wanted to plug before we jump into the interview is our new website. Yeah. Uh, We've Robin been teasing and I it. have launched our own uh, streetwear brand called Axel Don't Surf and visit AxelDon'tSurf.com for more information yeah. and to pre-order our, our merch. Our merch. AxelDon'tSurf.com. Surf. We, we'll talk more about it. We'll release more about it on socials. But um, yeah, it's time for the Axel Don't Surf era. Yep. Because he, in fact... Don't surf. I can't surf. All right, cool. Here's Artavana. Okay. This is so cool. I like this little Guns N' Roses tarot card stack. Oh, yeah. I haven't read that one. That's the only book, The Reckless Road, that I haven't read. Oh, you haven't read Reckless Road? Oh, you have to. It's kind of like... That's that's important. Yeah. It's on my stack to read, but the other... What is... Is it War above that, or which one? Uh, It's the... No, it's Watch You Bleed, the Stephen Davis book. so good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Although it's like, you know, he, he rushed through it. Yeah. So I think... That there's a lot of bad info in what you believe. Is that what you're getting at? Oh, there's a lot. You get so much wrong. Yeah, but it's yeah. kind of, oh, yeah. uh, when was that book written? Oh, God, probably mid uh, Yeah. early 2000s. It's like, yeah. Early 2000s. I mean, that's like the one thing doing this, and, and probably we'll talk about your the book, of like how much like misinformation, like all, that era, yeah. right? Oh, you guys are smart. You guys know what's going on then. This is not like the other podcasts I've been on. No, dude, we... You guys are actual fans. Well, like, okay, so let's start. TNR talking GNR yep. is what we say. <laughs> and we have a guest today and we're so excited. It's Art Tavana. Hi. Art, you like how do you define yourself as a journalist, author, or what? Just a writer. A writer. I don't, I don't like journalist because that just the connotation's too too heavy. What like cause they're like nosy? Mm. I don't know. No, I don't know. They're just know. not well liked. I no, there's that, but for me it's just like I don't do journalism. I just write. I just oh, yeah. tell, I just yeah, write about sense. things from my perspective and I try to communicate how I feel about things, but I do try to be factual and research if I'm doing nonfiction. So mm-hmm. I guess that is journalism, but like the day-to-day reporting of information and sharing things and uh-huh. trying to get the word out and, and fighting on behalf of an agenda or whatever. Like I don't have an agenda, yeah. which I think disqualifies me of being a journalist. That's yeah. just my perspective. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. writer Artivana, and we're super Well, stoked. I consider myself a November 8th journalist and I do have an agenda. 
Yeah. It's, and it's talking about how November Rain is the greatest music video of all time. It, it probably yeah. is. So Donald it, Trump, by the way, shares that opinion. So that's what I wanted to talk about. So Art uh, wrote this book. It just came out. It's called Goodbye Guns and Roses, The Crime, Beauty, and Amplified Chaos of America's Most Polarizing Band. And if you've listened to our early episodes, um, you, will, you will know the story about why we started this podcast, which is because I saw on the internet last year that Donald Trump declared a November Raid the greatest music video of all time. So I immediately, you know, text Robin, and I'm like, God, have you seen this insanity? And she's like, damn, what interesting thing. Like, is he right? And I'm like, maybe. And it turned into, you know, a year later this. But you include this, um, one of my favorite anecdotes of all time, on the back of the book <laughs> right here. According to Donald Trump, November Rain is the greatest music video of all time. And, you know, it was one of those moments where... I agreed with him so wholeheartedly. I was like upset with myself, but um, you know, a year in talking about it, I still can't disprove it. Right. Yeah. So. What a fact. I mean, I was shocked when I found out. I mean, it, well, Sarah Sanders is not the best source for information, but that that's where it came <laughs> none from. Of, that was, none of these Sarah sources are good. Huckabee but, Sanders. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, why would you make that up? I'm such an well, that's strange. What we, we talked about that. Like the fact that it made it into her book. And it it, also, she's not clever enough to make something. No, like it, it has tracks. to be true. Yeah, so it, has to be it, true. it totally tracks. Yeah, like it does. with my theory is that November, like '92, that period is like the last time like people liked like cool people like Donald Trump. Yeah, the last maybe. time he was cool, it was like his like heyday. He was it's in Home Alone yeah. Two. He was like friends then. with all those people. Mm-hmm. Oh, Home Alone Two. Yeah, that was his Home Alone Two year. It was Home Alone Two. He was cool when Home Alone Two came out. Exactly. I remember seeing him and thinking, Oh my God, Donald Trump. This this just this is New York. Yeah, he defined New York. Yeah, so it's like his glory days. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he obviously had. It, yeah, I mean, he was on Sex and the City and all that stupid stuff or whatever. Can you believe all that happened? <laughs> Until the whole birther stuff, Donald Trump was beloved. Yeah. Really? Like, seriously, he was yeah, like a like pop a quirky, culture icon. Yeah, like a quirky pop culture celebrity. Yeah, people lo- sure, he was yeah. funny, he was absurd, he was... I agree. He was, there was a romanticism to the whole, like, putting your name on everything. People, it, yeah. It, it seems ridiculous now because he became president and he yeah. was such a, like, a fascist and all that, but, like... At the time, it was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I want to put my name on stuff. Do you guys like, remember Robin Leach? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, like, yeah, like, 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 which is like, very kind Donald of, Trump. Yeah, that, that like era. Of, what, do, what do we think Robin Leach is doing? Is he alive? I think he's been dead for 25 years. No, really? he's, he's definitely dead. I just don't oh, know when damn. he died. I, I would say really long time. He'd be I like 90 if he was still alive. Wow. Because he was like in his he's, 70s during the whole. He's probably 110. The whole life. Well, he's he's actually wasn't as old as we thought, okay. but he's long dead. So, <laughs> for how, he, both both things are true. How old was uh, when he died? He was seventy six when he died. He okay. just died two years ago. Oh, oh. wow! Oh my yeah, God, we're so he's wrong. like my dad's age. Wait, well, he hasn't done anything for twenty years, really. That's, I think that's the answer, Robin Lee. Oh, I'm Robin Leach. What a he's strange thing to be famous rich. for. He was just he just glorified it's rich. Sure I know, but it's like in like that voice, right? And it's just like such the um. It like triggers in your mind this. I can see a picture of like oh, yeah. everything. Blah blah. blah. Oh, it's this like, is sad. He had a stroke while on vacation in Cabo. Oh, oh my god. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not how that's I want to go. Well, yeah. Stroke out at Cabo Wabo. All right. Okay. Uh, Anyways, moving on. What a tragedy. Okay. To him. Um. Art. This book is so. When you okay. My first question is. Oh, well, like, why Why did you write this book and when did you start writing it? Like, when did you get the idea so for this? I told you our why. What's yeah. yours? Oh, God. Well, I think when the band was going to reunite, like 2015, I think, mm-hmm. I was at Daily Weekly and I was like, I'm tired of writing about the bands I was writing about. I was writing about a lot of, like, 
feminist punk rock bands, which I love. Mm-hmm. And that was my Boring. beat. That was kind of my beat at the LA Weekly. Beat. But then when Guns N' Roses was like kind of coming, like it was going to be, there was going to be a reuniting of that band. It uh-huh. felt, you could feel it. Like I think Mark Cantor told me the same thing. He goes, they're going to reunite soon. And this is like beginning of 2015, end of 2014. And I was like, oh God, I miss that band. And I miss rock and roll. I miss mm-hmm. like that, that kind of rock star. So I just wanted to write about them at the Weekly. So I kept writing about them constantly. My editor hated it. He was completely <laughs> against it. He was like, why are they relevant? You know, the whole, the whole speech. Why are they yeah, relevant? Yeah, they were not relevant at all. They're not relevant and all the other sort of things people don't like about Guns N' Roses. Um, so my editor was completely against it. Super hyper progressive and like anti Guns N' Roses and misogyny and, and sort of you know, whatever. Yeah. The patriarchy and all those kinds. So I was like, I want to write about them even more because that they're exciting. So it yeah. got me in trouble a few times because whenever I write about them, I get emails or comments about how you shouldn't be supporting this band. They're racist, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. One in a million. You should be writing about these bands, these people. So people were getting really angry. Mm-hmm. And that made me want to write about them even more. This, I had a bad psychology at that point <laughs> in my life. Because I was like, if you don't like something, I'm just going to do it even more. Yeah, totally. Which is mm-hmm. not the way to like be that's in it. Like, that's actually how Axel operates too. Yeah, it's, it's a bad, it was a bad way to approach life. It, ca- like, it, it caused a lot of damage, but it was fun. Right. But it was fun. Um, so that's what I was doing. And then I wrote a piece. Then, I, then they reunited at the Troubadour. Mm-hmm. And I happened to just get in because yeah. I just went there. I was the only person who got in who was a reporter or a writer. So like I was the only person with a pen and a pad in the venue. I reviewed the show. People loved it. A few people hated it. I remember one band, I won't say who the band is, but she reached out to me and was like enraged that I wrote about the Guns N' Roses. And because the review went viral. It was the only review of the show. Uh Uh-huh. I bet I know what band it was. And so the band that reached out to me went berserk. And this girl was like, absolutely cool and crazy and she wore, she used to, I'll just give a hint she used to wear like her own period blood as a necklace okay and so she was awesome I love that uh-huh. about her but, but like I was like why are you so mad about this I mean she goes you shouldn't be supporting them they're exactly what's wrong with the country today and this is a peak like yeah we're vaguely entering the Donald Trump yeah, va- era yeah of exactly like Hillary Clinton and you know mm-hmm, grab her by the mm-hmm. pussy this is all starting to happen and I'm yeah. writing about Guns N' Roses and it's so inappropriate and it's so like toxic and wild my life yeah. is just like chaos <laughs> and an agent sort of hits me up and says, hey, would you be interested in writing this book for this specific publisher? Just the diary of the whole reunion. Just document the reunion from now until whenever it ends. Yeah. Right? Oh, wow. Obviously, it has never ended. It's like still going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was the plan. And then I got a publisher. The publisher wanted a specific book, an oral history. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do an oral history because I hate those books. Yeah. And I had a problem with that book. So I decided to find another publisher through the same agent. And that publisher was like, just do whatever book you want. And huh. so I had a year to like do whatever book I wanted to do. Yeah. Wow. And then I stalled and stalled and <laughs> stalled and had three months left for the deadline. And I just wrote that book in three Amazing. months. Amazing. Three months. So, but it was research for like four years. Oh, I think. wow. Like I thought about Guns N' Roses for four years. So, What's crazy is we, uh, someone, um, told us about the book. I, I it didn't come across wow. my radar no. yet. I don't know. I, I think I saw someone post it. Like I'd seen it, but I hadn't, it hadn't like fully got into my, my ethos. I'm the one that reads the books and does all that. And, um, but it just, it hadn't come across my, but mm-hmm. when I read it and even just this back, it, I kind of, I was like, Oh my God, there's no original ideas because everything that you've written about is basically everything that we've talked about but you do it better (laughs) this is going to be our 52nd episodes we have you know a a year's worth of uh, research and episodes and i swear we do a full episode on basically like a bullshit that you just like wrap up neatly yeah yeah wrap up Uh, neatly (laughs) nice but you know we have a little more time and we're like 
That's cool, though. I, I'm glad that you guys see that perspective because some some of the fans don't see that. Well, I think and, we yeah. are seeing it. That's just it. We're, we view from the same lens. And then, you know, I don't know about you. I know about her, but I'm like a huge fan of their music. Mm-hmm. too. So I also have that lens that I'm looking at them through, which sure. is like, I, I love them. I also find their story fascinating. Yeah. But that's really secondary. And so it's the flip for Robin. She likes their music, but more important to her is the is the story and these Yeah, stories. and like in the mm. thing too. I, care, I don't care as much about the stories. You like the I music. I want to put the records on. That's cool. You know, and the the thing about Guns and Roses, yeah, for this or for the beginning of this podcast, I still really haven't um, listened to Use Your Illusion like she needs to all the way that. through. Wow. And take, it'll take an hour. Why I know. I just I don't know. It's I guess <laughs> now I'm just doing it because you want like not doing it because exactly like wrong with you guys um but anyways like the story everything about guns and roses have you listened to user illusion in full yeah. before yeah well of course <laughs> but i love it this like i love this um idea of like, the amplified chaos right so like right it's not just the story of guns and roses the band it's not just axel rose the tragic character and mm-hmm. the but it, then it's also like the it's MTV, it's music videos, it's Nirvana, it's fucking supermodels. And then like, we got Donald Trump and all this stuff. So much. Charles Manson. Like, it's just like kind of like a pinnacle of pop culture. culture. Mm-hmm. And, and it has all these strings that you can like follow down, which, which yeah. you, you did. Yeah. And, and that, that's it. We, we call it the NRU, the November Rain universe. And it's vast because cool. really, you know, we can pull just about any of those things she just said, not only back to Guns N' Roses, but to November Rain specifically. I love that. And so, you know, um, it makes it such an easy subject to be really broad about. So when we tell people, or if I tell someone that I do a Guns N' Roses podcast, then it turns into, well, actually it's a November Rain podcast, and they think, like, how can you talk about November Rain so much? Mm. Easy. <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah, I still have, I love that. we still have stuff to discover and stuff to learn. And, you know, um, I love that you're November, November rain centric. A lot of the fans yeah. hold their nose at that video, especially over the years, because it's become a symbol of like their last kind you of know, like, like the, the end, end of hair metal, the end of glam metal, the like the of, like, end of a like, lot of, you know, a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. It was very symbolic in a lot of ways. But to well, me, it was there. It was such a beautiful, kind of the oh. end, uh, like as strange as the end. It's like November rain, like peaked it and then they jumped the shark the dolphin like and, essentially and, then it was just like awful and the yeah. only thing that could possibly be better than november rain song and video wise is a strange strange is crazy on that a strange is so complicated I love I, strange, i'm still deeply. conflicted about I love it, it deeply. the song i love the video i find i find interesting Videos, yeah. but i don't understand it it's just so hey, if you don't understand a strange We'll go watch Don't Cry. If you want to be like my yeah. oh, Don't Cry. Yeah. That is one confusing video. Don't Cry the first time we watched, or I watched it, like, it seems straightforward, but then when you go back to it, you're like, no. what the fuck is happening? No. What a song, though, right? What a oh, ballad. I love that song. What a beautiful, beautiful ballad. That's like, Axel right? wrote beautiful love songs yeah. and like heartbreak and longing. And I, it, you know, people say what you will about the guy, but he could write a fucking song. Oh, he did. He, like even Sweet Child, the lyrics are so oh, pretty yeah. and so beautiful. And he was like so unexpected. Years old when he wrote that. Yeah. yeah. Guns N' Roses, like what? Like I would say 85 to 89, maybe 88. 
perfect band like perfect like in all those songs like the thing that we kind of talk about whenever there's a song on use your illusion that is like like don't cry Mm. like that one was supposed to be on appetite but didn't make it don't cry was no you'll cry is the oldest one yeah Yeah. no that was somebody wrote in 85 november rain was supposed to be on appetite yeah Yeah, a lot of those songs were don't cry was the first uh, izzy and axel wrote that together it's the first guns N' roses song that they wrote together isn't that the one about original early on yeah like original song that they wrote together isn't it the song about monique the the yeah, girl well, that's no, it's kind of yeah. Back to all them. That's like these. No one really knows exactly, but yeah, basically. Yeah. Is she alive? Is Monique Lewis. Monique yeah, we gotta find is her. Is she like so? She is a real person, or is she just like this? The embodiment of all the groupies. Like, I'm so confused about Monique Lewis. Yeah, it's, it's there's there's conspiracy theories about it, okay, but I think yeah. but but she's a real person for okay. sure. Okay, for sure. And the tattoo on Axel's arm is, her. is Monique that. Lewis yeah. for sure. And that's the songs about her. The songs about how Izzy and Axel were both in love with her. Yep. And she dumped like Axel in like a and then was at it the at, boat right? Yeah, or at so, the whiskey or something. And Axel cried. When, she, when he got dumped by her. And she said, don't cry. And she said, don't cry. And this is where the song comes from. It's a great song. Yeah. yeah. Brother, but there's theories. Imagine there's a guy theories, liking but, you, you know. that much. God damn it. I know. Beautiful. Uh, well, those what does it take to be, you know, that liked by a man? Uh, I don't know. Heartbreak songs, though. It's just like, it's the, it's, it's the common experience. Heartbreak. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Heartbreak and death. Yeah, the only things that are guaranteed, basically. That's for sure. Because I don't mm. pay my taxes. You could say that too, but <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, um, I mean, so yeah, one thing too that I, I my I was like my mind kept like I was like motherfucker. These are all the things that we've talked about. So I'm so excited we're sitting down and talking about uh, like get to like continue the conversation. But the in the first like chapter or two, you get into Charles Manson and Charlie yeah. Don't Surf, mm-hmm. which is something that we think about a lot that's what it been like in our and like lives. no one yeah and you were able to even like connect it more of the history and you called the charlie don't surf shirt the most controversial shirt in rock and roll didn't i think you say it that? was i yeah. mean people would dis- i mean the rolling stone would disagree and all that there's a lot of different people who have different theories of what uh-huh. the, the biggest shirt to me that shirt was controversial because it caused like an actual like media outcry at a point where and it was con- it was complicated because you gotta remember Axel at that point in his life was the one in a million Axel. Yeah. And he was still dealing with the with the fallout from I that video and that song. I don't understand why that spiraled so out of control. The song? It, the song. I, or the controversy after. Mm. I mean, I, I, I'm not easily offended. Right. And I'm not like this like walking progressive feminist. Like I really don't give a shit. Sure. But I mean, I, I, I don't want to be like racist and homophobic and an asshole. Sure. But like one in a million in context is not offensive. Right. To me. Yeah. Is, it, is it offensive to you? It's not offensive to me. I think the thing <laughs> and, for and me- I said, like, I understand that if it offends the black community and it offends a gay community, then it's offensive. Yeah. But there's a context behind it that he's in that's so clear. And I don't, I don't, you sure you could be offended, but like to this day, there are people out there and I'm just surprised they, they know nothing about Guns N' Roses, sure. but they know about they're racist because of one in one in a million. Well, Talib on Twitter once, um, I had this like normal conversation with Talib Kweli, the rapper, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was just it wasn't even a big deal. It was we we're just debating about like the best. I think we we're doing like a, an argument about who the best rappers were, like top five or something. Okay, Red Durst. I, I think like yeah. So I think I had Tupac in mind, Nas. This is always this always be the same list. Eminem, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like that Eminem was on it, and then he got <sighs> really angry and made some comments. And I was like, what? Oh, and then he saw my boy. bio. This is when I just like uh-huh. put in my bio. 
I'm writing a book about Guns N' Roses. Oh. And then he like copied and pasted the one in a million lyrics and said, oh, obviously you think, you know, like it became so this whole So he basically whole, like, called you a racist? No, you, and then, then he fully called me a racist. Wild. For like, like literal, M- you for are For listening, Eminem is the fourth best rapper? Well, fucking it. Like, or I because, it's more because I wrote writing a book about Guns N' Roses. To yeah, say to I, him, I, writing that book makes me I racist. Guess, I guess rock and roll has always been such a controversial shock rock thing, especially like in the punk rock world, you know, Sid Vicious yeah. or a swastika. And it's just maybe people like me who grew up so deep in it, you know, we we simultaneously like beat up Nazi skinheads sure. and listen to the Sex Pistols at like 13 years old with the swastika. Like it just these things were able to happen parallel because rock was about shock. Well, right. because it was coming across as like the anti-establishment. Well, like so I and, and I guess that's just been lost by political correctness. No, so I'm like a I love hip hop, right? And right. I've always loved hip hop. I I loved Eminem when I was young, and like continue. I mean, there was like Wu Tang and all those things. Um, yeah, I love that. Album. But like I'm I'm never and I I consider myself like progressive too and like. Sure. I guess like a feminist in some ways, but I would never like be offended. <laughs> you know that there's a, there are people out there that'd be like, Oh, you can't be a feminist if you listen to hip hop. And I'm just like, I just don't like to politicize music. Like, when I yeah. sit down and listen to music, it's not a, it's not political for me. It's, it's about, that's a good way to put it. It's yeah. about like, yeah, the, the sound, the feeling, the, the pop, like all that thing, like the connectedness to the artist, like it's about something else. And like, yeah. So I, so I can separate that. Like, yeah. People seem to pick and choose who they're going to cancel mm-hmm. because of comments and content versus who they're not going to cancel. Because, of course. Like, yeah. So if it's, you know, whatever's suiting to your narrative, like one artist, the biggest one that always comes to mind, I always bring up is Morrissey. What Morrissey <laughs> did is I think at the top of the list for some of the worst shit a, a beloved rock star could do. Right. And the fact that his career hasn't not only stopped, but the fact that these fans of his are still as fanatical as always. And a lot of his fans are people of color. It Mm. just, I mean, I don't really understand how that could still be acceptable, but people are calling you a a racist on Twitter (laughs) for writing a book about Guns N' Roses. Yeah, I know, it's odd. And uh, why that? You know, David Bowie fucked 12-year-olds. Sure. You know, um, John Lennon beat up his wife. Like, you could just go on and on and on and on and on about how, how all of these guys were piece of shit assholes mm-hmm. but but guns and roses i think was so in your face and they were so huge yeah that it's just easy it's easy to not let that go yeah and i will say one I, thing about, I find it extremely frustrating the one thing about guns and roses that's interesting is if you research a lot of those bands like molly crew mm-hmm. poison rat whatever you go down the list right i mean they were by f- even though they have their i mean there's a lot of history that's dark when mm-hmm. it comes to their treatment of women and so forth. But yeah. compared to some of those other bands, I mean, Guns N' Roses were like, <laughs> they're like gentle, gentlemen compared to like Motley Crue. I mean, Absolutely. Motley Crue has op- openly talked about raping young girls in their book. Ew, I so, need I mean, to like, go back to that Not book. that that's okay. That's like not something. So, I mean, they yeah. claim that they just, they just made that story up and they were fucked up on heroin. Mm-hmm. But like what? still like, I mean, to have the gall to write about having sex with like a 14 year old girl in your and book. And putting it in your book. And rape, and like not just like having sex, but force, you know, like mm-hmm, assaulting mm-hmm. her and having sex. I mean, that kind of level of like 
crazy hair metal stereotype, Guns N' Roses never really embodied, which no. I think even though they're, they're considered so dangerous and inappropriate yeah. and problematic. And so they're nothing compared to these bands that are now getting Netflix movies yep. and, you know, being like, I mean, being Tommy Lee's like, I feel like Tommy Lee's have, had a resurgence, right? There's oh, movies yeah. about him now. There's like, there's he's all this, a, he's beloved, married to that, like fine. Vine star or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which totally is great. weird. Yeah. Nikki Six is like beloved because there's an ironic quality to a lot of these rock stars. Uh-huh. They're kind of funny in a way. Like they're not yeah. serious. Mm-hmm. Axel never, there's no irony. He no took himself so seriously yeah, that I think so people seriously. were afraid of that. They're like, wow, you're not joking when you write one in a million. This is mm-hmm. literally how, you, whereas like if Nikki Six or somebody wrote a song or like, you know, if Vince Neil saying those lyrics, people would be like, oh, this is just like an idiot. He's kind of a jokester. <laughs> totally. He's a clown. But when Axl Rose sings those lyrics, it's like, oh my God, he's going to go and like kill somebody. Like he's going to mash, he's going to be the next mass shooter. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, it wasn't offensive. But I will say that I think that he, the way, the, the reason why it's, to answer your question, sort of, the reason why it spiraled out of control so much was the way he responded to it. Because mm-hmm. he could have just honestly sat down with a reporter and explained the song and explained totally. his person. And he never because did that. explaining the song really should wrap it up and he never did that all he did is he he dug his heels in and he became angry and he became and he became very he he became like the way some people you see now on twitter when they get called out for something Mm -hmm. and they just become they even go they spiral out of control Mm -hmm. and they blow themselves up that's what he did he like he set himself on fire several times in interviews i mean he was all he had to do was say the truth which was and i've talked perspective yeah it was he was a he was a young teenager basically who had Mm -hmm. come to New York and LA various times hitchhiking and had seen this world that was completely foreign to him and he reacted to it from a pure like you know, middle American, honest, dark, fucked up, uneducated, bigoted perspective, but, but it wasn't his fault. I don't think it fault. was his perspective. I think that it, it was telling, it was like a fictionalized perspective. Oh no, that, that's, I don't, I disagree with that. Okay, I think that's it how was, I've interpreted it always. Well, there's, it's possible because no, he's, again, he's never really he's explained, never explained it. it. I have always understood it as he's telling, he's just telling a story. That's, that's, and that even, if, could be true and if that's true then there's no argument to be had really because then well, it's that's just a why story I've always, that's why i've always but then again we have this situation now where it. you can't read mark twain in certain in schools anymore or Dr. Seuss, of, yeah so, and, and and jk rowling for that matter now actually oh, she's yeah. been taking well, out of yeah. um, she's been taken out of reading lists as I we speak it's really spiraled oh. out of control um yeah they, they won't they won't take axel from me they can oh. have morrissey but, um, the Aaron Everly stuff to me is where it gets really. That's the, the only part the, where I'm actually like, wow. Like I, I actually that part bothers me. I think but, abuse. I think yeah, in your book, the Aaron Everly abuse and the Stephanie Seymour stuff is more complicated. I think. I think I'm sort of fifty fifty on that on uh-huh. that scenario. I think she was just as much of a monster maybe as he was. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Um, Aaron Everly, I. F- is a complicated one because she has an image of this like prom queen mm-hmm. kind of girl next door victim. Like princess kind of like, We don't yeah. know. There's other accounts. Like if you read other stories that have been written about, it, there's there's stories of her being kind of this like manipulative narcissist, totally. kind, of, kind of a 90210 Brenda type character. Ooh. But she might have been more than we, like I don't know who Erin Everly was. Mm-hmm. So it makes it harder to judge that. But it doesn't justify the violence yeah. ever towards a woman. I think that part bothers me more than one in a million because one in a million is art. Mm-hmm. One in a million is fucked up art, maybe. It's mm-hmm. chaotic, it's prejudicial, it's kind of ignorant, it's kind of a lack of education, maybe, but it's still art. So I never 
Mm-hmm. I can't cancel art. Yeah. Always separate the art from the artist. Absolutely. Never put art in a subordinate position to morality. That's mm-hmm. just the way I work. But Darren Everly's stuff is not art. He's just, you know, kicking her with her cowboy boots and just, you know, basically raping her, uh, allegedly, according to her own yeah. statements. Yeah. So, like, it's not Robin cool. brought this yeah, up I was earlier say, today. Reading your book yeah. was kind of where, because that's a place where we've, we've kind of, we know that that's like a play. Not only like, him, though. I mean, and Slash has Yeah, been, Slash has yeah. Well, pretty much every like, rock star has done yeah. stuff like that, yeah. unfortunately. Unfortunately, but, yeah. but he took it to the next level but the with the Aaron violence. Really stuff yeah. is pretty, pretty dark and like, and yeah, it's hard to. I guess we're we're using a bit of cognizant ignore on that, one. that. Yeah, yeah, and, it's um, complicated. Yeah, but then and then you, but then you also like too, if you from the a really like a high level perspective, not getting into it, they have like that. You know, they're soulmates, True. first love, sweet child of mine. He's just like he wrote all these albums about her November rain you know so there's yeah. that so you're like you kind of you're like they were so in love it's like a Romeo and Juliet blah 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 yeah, thing of course but I mean she's forgiven him so yeah. I mean she's forgiven him she still talks about him she still talks to him Actually, as far as I know she sort of made it part of her personality or too. Like, yeah, she, she loves Guns N' Roses she loves Axl Rose <laughs> yeah. so you, I don't know at that point it's like what are you gonna do like right. you know we the, were the, reading um something that for for a while Guns N' Roses didn't tour and go to Atlanta because she was living there what do, is it do you think that's I don't know that's true I think they went to Atlanta for in Chinese Democracy Tour era, uh-huh. and she was at a show. Oh, we heard about that. That's- and there's photos were on the internet at that show for sure. Yeah, because they they made up. I think in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, uh-huh. they sort of started having like I think after Stephanie Seymour. I'm not sure. This is just my guess. Uh-huh. I think after Stephanie Seymour, they might have started having a relationship. Aaron and Axel, not a not a romantic relationship, just like friends. Uh-huh. And I think they they've developed that over. I know he still talks to her because so Wild. it's in the book. It's alluded uh-huh. to in the book. I don't really talk about it much because I don't want to give away my source. But at one point, like in 2017. I w- or 2016, after Dodger Stadium, uh-huh. I went to an art gallery and I met this collector guy who had like three hours of audio of Axl Rose at a wow. party um, that same like weekend. Was he like secretly recording? He was, well, this, yeah. Okay. Essentially. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he secret- there's three hours of Axl just talking at a party with a oh, bunch of friends. Yeah. And apparently one of the people was not really his friend um, who was recording him, obviously. Yeah. And all this stuff comes up. Aaron Everly comes up, you know, past life regression, um, Chinese mm-hmm. democracy, Rolling Stone magazine, inter- like all this stuff comes up. And that's sort of in the book. All of it's kind of in the book. But um, that one thing that I that stayed with me was that he still talks to Aaron Everly mm-hmm. a lot, like often. And so I'm like, well, you know, like the reason why I didn't want to turn that into a like outrage kind of thing was because of that. I'm like, well, if they love each other and they're okay with each other, then it's none of our business as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, so I didn't want to build on that too much. I try to do in a poetic kind of cinematic way. Mm -hmm. I brought in like the the sort of the allusions to Madonna and Sean Penn because it Mm -hmm. became more of a pop culture thing to me than it was, well, Axl Rose needs to be canceled again for like, (laughs) like for the fifth time. Speaking of the women of Axl, the women in Axl's life, there's one particular woman who we, I talk about a lot and Mm. I'm very confused about. Do you know who I'm going to talk, bring up? Is it Barbie Von Grief? Oh no, no, it's Beta. Oh, Beta. Okay. Yeah, sure. So talk about her. Uh Oh, (laughs) not a fan. (laughs) I, I don't really I don't really understand what's going on there. I mean, I call her the Brazilian cleaning lady. Um, that's probably- you call her you call her. Um, you say that Uh-oh. she's trying to Schwarzenegger him. Nope. Uh, what is Selena's Yolanda her? I, I, that she's trying to Yolanda him. Or Schwarzenegger not her. really. Like they've been. I know she's been around for thirty years. So what do you? You know what? what what's is, your beta take? What's your beta take? And you you can say well, as, again as much as little as you'd I, like. But I do don't. You, 
I don't have like a super personal take, but I've talked to several people who've worked with her or have managed Guns N' Roses vaguely or have been involved in No Beta, No Team Brazil, and uh-huh. know the relationship really well. So I think for me what it was is... She lives with him currently and tours with him. No she's one like, knows for sure she lives with him, but there are theories that she does live with yeah. him. That and she's, she tour, at least, she's definitely on the tour right now. She's like she's his def- manager. Oh, no, no, she's definitely yeah. on tour, yeah. Okay, she's, okay, she's, she's, go ahead, sorry. She, she's, she sort of like has... She oversees the machine, mm-hmm. but she's not the, the the manager at this point is Fernando the it, son. Yeah, did you know yeah, that? Fernando, Fernando, yeah, Fernando, yeah, yeah. Yeah. he handles like the day to day managerial. She's more like the architect of like the family like and, his, li- and his, his lifestyle. Yeah, like yeah. She, like a she's, personal assistant in a way. Way bigger than that. It's like a man. I would say a manager, like unofficially. Like I think she manages everything. She manages life, health, mental health, friendships, so family, wild. business. Lo- you know. So she's basically she, like a puppet master. She's the. She's well. I mean, that's she's one way to look at it. life. She's a. She's a, she's a, she is essentially like the Memphis Mafia in like Elvis's Memphis Mafia mm-hmm. in one person. Whereas the Memphis Mafia was several people and, you know, the colonel himself, she's like one person who handles everything. Romance, life, health, what do you doctors, mean meetings. Like, what like, does that mean? What does that look she like? She like, the girlfriend flowers on birthdays she, exactly. or whatever. She controls the machine. She's like the mom, the business manager, the consultant, the therapist, uh-huh. and the best and friend. The, like, and, do you and, think uh, they're fucking? I don't know. I don't. Do you think it's possible? <laughs> I don't know, but I think that it's Do you think yeah, it's possible there's I, a romantic thing between them? Romantic for sure, I think is possible. I do too. Fucking, I mean, I, you could be. I mean, you can be in love. I, I know this guy. He's mm-hmm. he's my tax accountant. He's like this weird hippie. Nice. And he does a lot of drugs. And I I did a lot of mushrooms when I wrote that book with nice. him. But he's like been in love with this woman, and they've been sort of dating, I guess, forever. But they've never had sex. Huh. And it's and he's like asexual, kind of. Just like Weirdly, life. Right? But and we know Axel's like, not asexual. In fact, he's, he's not, a yeah. kinky dude. He's a very kinky dude. And I think he's still, I mean, as far as I know, he still has, he still parties. Like he still does, I mean, he you know, too, yeah. he still does things that you do when you party. So I know he, ha- I know recently, at least like a few years ago, someone that I know for sure is a reliable source on this, he would have like, you know, sex workers come to his mansion and mm-hmm. then he would pay for them to like leave on like an Uber or something. So okay. like he's had... He still, you know, has still sex sexually with act- women. Okay, because so I was, you know, I was. I don't I think know he's- like his wife or anything. I mean, no. I, there's rumors about that. Like they live together. There's, there might have been some legal issue. Like someone told me, someone pretty reliable, but I don't know if this is true. Someone told me that he potentially married her for legal reasons to, to like bring her. In, like I don't know if it was some like immigration, that be, like wow. public record somewhere, immigration or something. Yeah, yeah, there are public records for stuff like this. But yeah. I mean, if you have good enough lawyers, you can bury sure, all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, and you know, Axel's got good so, lawyers. Is that I don't know, one I, thing? I think it's a. I hate to say this because it gives her more credit, but I think that she kind of saved his life because I think Axel was so lonely and fucked up in like the mid nineties during the wilderness years Mm -hmm. that he needed someone to like be his mom. He needed a mother. And I think she became that person. I'm sure she's much older than him. I think they're around the same age. Um, I think she's. I mean, he's going to be sixty next year. Yeah, I don't think she's that much older than. But she fulfilled that role. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, like, I totally and I think the Stephanie Seymour connection. You know, have you ever like broken up with somebody and then you kind of get close to people around that person to kind of still keep them in your no, life in a weird no. way? Come on, okay, what this kind is of really psycho funny. are you? Maybe I'm All a right. psycho. Okay, so <laughs> this happened to me with him. Okay, well anyway, um, <laughs> opposite. I think that's what he probably was. He was like, I want to still like. I think she captured what he loved about her, maybe. And not the bad side about her, mm-hmm. yeah. like the cheating on him was, and all that. Like she, and she exposed her. She's the reason he found out about Stephanie Seymour. So wait, I think he who owes was Stephanie Seymour cheating on uh, Axel. So wait, Stephanie Seymour had a diary apparently full oh, of like names of men. She was like, yeah, so she had a, this, this is vaguely. Oh, the is this book. Warren Beatty? Um, well, one of one of yeah. But I, she had a book a full of punk named Warren Beatty, <laughs> and she had a bunch of like wedding rings because apparently Beta had found out that she had accepted like. 
invitations to get married from several different guys over the years. Like she accepted engagement rings. Engagement rings. And she had them in this like book or whatever. And Beta revealed this to Axel. And this is how Axel and Beta became close because he's like, I owe you my life because you saved, you you saved me. I dodged a bullet, number Mm -hmm. one. And I, and you gave me all of your trust and you, you know, you're going to get fired. So she could have Yolanda Stephanie. So Stephanie was going to fire her. So she's like, I'm coming. And she's like, no, I'll I'll hire you instead. Wait, Beta worked for Stephanie? Yeah, you didn't yeah. know Beta was Stephanie's. Um, no, I didn't. Yeah, know housekeeper. Yeah, housekeeper, housekeeper, but like nanny. babysitter, I mean, nanny. There's all yeah. these different terms. Like for her kids. I mean, yeah. they're all like broad. That's why she brought they're it. They're all yeah. um, cleaning lady. Inappropriate terms at this point, but like yeah, she totally. was like cleaner, maid, nanny, whatever for Stephanie Seymour. Uh huh. And then she, that. that's why she moved into the Latico house. And yeah. she saw oh. Axel being manipulated apparently by Stephanie Seymour and exposed this fact to Axel. And so Axel was like, "I, I love you for doing this. You I'll can now be me. my. You can be well, my personal assistant." Stephanie Seymour so. married that the whatever Peter, Peter Brandt, Brandt like almost like immediately. Yeah, like, really quickly afterwards. Really quickly, and that comes back to the NRU because they're really close with um didn't peter Brent go to high school or something with donald trump i don't know he has, like, they're, they're, they're new york social friends, uh, connection that's sure. actually one thing we haven't i bet she knows him i bet she knows him yeah, yeah. totally Makes absolutely so that's like a weird donald trump um november rain thing we just were talking about in one of um the episodes a c- couple back i was watching um well, just a Stephanie Seymour and uh, John Casablancas story. Do you know about that? No, I don't. So, okay, John Casablancas. Do you know? Like, he's the elite model agency and all that stuff. Okay, he okay. invented the supermodel, but he's also Julian Casablancas' dad okay. um, from The Strokes. Sure, I love and The Strokes. And he, um, he was the only person that broke his heart. He was like, a, like I don't know, like slept with all the models, all that stuff, was Stephanie Seymour. And they dated when she was 14 oh. and he was 45. And they That's dated for impressive. two he years. He left his wife for a child. A child. Oh my God. He, he left Julian like Casablanca's dad. It would have been the 70s, right? It would have been uh, early 70s. 84 or something like that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And so like... And so it kind of is a weird finding that fact out about Stephanie that she was kind of like preyed upon pretty young. She probably was very, you know, mentally, yeah. mentally. I, I think that's kind of like as I, a little I, the origin. I agree she was preyed upon, but I mean, what we know about Stephanie uses sex to get ahead. She's manipulative, <laughs> and she she was probably precocious. Mm. Well, I'm know. just saying, like, that, that, knowing that backstory, kind and, you of. You're saying you could explain her behavior going forward. Uh, yeah, or just like that she doesn't have a. You know, she's not emotionally, I don't know. I don't know. Has she ever made any statements? You know, that the only time she's ever talked about this whole, th- about Axel, mm-hmm. I think, publicly. Yeah, she doesn't make public she, she was about interviewed in, God, Harper's, like in like five years, three years ago, four uh-huh. years ago, about just her life and her career. I think this was just celebrating like 30 years or 40 years of modeling or something. I don't know what it was. And they were interviewing her and she was getting her hair done and she was, and then thing came on the radio, November Rain, I think. Oh, shit. Um, and then, or on the whatever the yeah. the playlist that was playing, and she commented on like he's a piece of shit. Oh, like, I ter- read that changed, story like, too. Like changes fucking shit. Yeah. She could even yeah. listen to November Rain. She hates him. I mean, she really does not like him. And I think the part of the reason was he countersued when she sued. Yeah. yeah. And so that became it got really dark. And then and, you know she he accused her of assaulting him physically. I mean, and so like, and then she. Yeah, it, it didn't help her career or I, life. Our kind of way. like theory too of like Stephanie, the Stephanie Axel thing is like, 
he kind of just like projected. I feel like he created the Stephanie Seymour relationship. Like he wanted the wife and kids and all that stuff, trying to fulfill those things that he didn't get with Aaron, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, was, it wasn't necessarily well, like he and Aaron her specifically. Lost baby. Yeah. And she was just, Stephanie was kind of like this Aaron replacement. Yeah, slash, she had a baby. Like, fuck you, Aaron. Or slash, she was also like entering. Are you saying slash or like slash? I know. What, I don't I'm know saying slash punctuation saying. slash. Right. Yeah, we have uh, to find another word for that. It, he's that was also his entry into you know backstage at fashion shows, etc. All that stuff. Yeah, Even exactly. though I guess Aaron was a model, but but Stephanie she, was a supermodel. Yeah. yeah, she was different. Aaron was different. I mean, Aaron wasn't as. Yeah, Stephanie was in that world. You know, she was in the Aaron glossy. Was a norm, like a normie. Yeah, person. she was kind of Stephanie lower was high end, like yeah. model, supermodel, and in that world, like Park Avenue. Yeah, the sort of going you know, to going Trump to galleries, yeah. going to Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, like that. That that was her world, and she brought Axel into that world. And I think he needed that because he wanted to be accepted by the elites. And I think that's. I think Axel was always wanted art critics and people in that sort of like filmmakers, you know, like Scorsese's of the world and stuff to think he's amazing. Yeah, I think he, he's brilliant. he fancied himself an artiste, not he a did. Yeah, that's what we talk about, like kind of the, and, and you talk about it too in the book. It's like, you know, Slash, Duff, Izzy, they're rock and rollers. They just yeah. want to play rock and rock. roll. They just want to rock. And, yeah, yeah. and Axel's that, but he's the artiste. He's the one that was trying to make his legacy and all that. And that's like where they split. And that's, that's how it ended, right? Partially, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's one of the reasons. Artistic differences. Yeah. There are a lot of, there's so I mean, many. So many, The yeah. breakup was so complicated. No one ever really knows what really happened. Yeah. And they should I mean, we should know. Yeah. Really, I've got, and I would be mortified if people knew what really happened in all my breakups. Yeah, well, it's true. I mean, they never <laughs> and really. Like, that's not public. You can't, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't give all the details away. I mean, you, nobody can just be complete. The problem is neither Axel or Slash have, I think, the self... Oh, I don't want to say the self-awareness. They're not willing to be completely transparent because I think they both have a lot of guilt associated with it or things that they don't want to reveal. Yeah, like, I think it, They don't want to be vulnerable. Like, I think Axel has stuff that he doesn't want to admit. I think Slash yeah. just feels probably like he made some mistakes. And I think they both are just like, you know what? Let's just not talk about it. Let's tour. Let's make millions of dollars. Yeah. What's the point of, of rehashing this stuff totally. that's going to trigger... That was the right decision. They made right. the right decision. They, they, they're going forward. On, not in this lifetime is a business decision. It they're, is. Every day they go to work, it's their job. It's their job. That's it. Did you look at any um, photos or anything from so last night? Started show? Yeah. last night. Yeah, yeah, I watched. Photos. I saw some photos. I didn't yeah. see any video or anything. I, I have seen a little. Was he singing? Was he singing well? Like, was I, it? I doubt it. I haven't seen the video. That, I, I That's heard, always the thing. That, right? I haven't heard <laughs> sound. I've seen video. The sound was bad. I think he looked good. So we met Axel last October. Oh, he did. No, uh-huh. we went to we. Yeah, we biked we past Latigo Canyon. And he happened to be outside. He was outside. He went by Latigo Canyon and he was walking, like no, jogging. He was standing in his lawn, You're just staring joking. at the sun. He was literally fucking staring at the sun on his lawn. It was so bizarre and surreal. I can't. What I, in the whatever, world? whatever you're picturing. It was weirder, but it really happened. And he was really nice. And he was. He talked to us for 20 minutes. What did you guys ask him? We oh my god, were, so, we you were frozen, so right? Stunned. Yeah. But I, we kept it together for a while. I started losing it, but we didn't. We didn't let on, you know. Who oh we my were god! And why we were there. We really played it like we were. It was more of a coincidence, and that. But we, he knew, right? I don't think. He I did. don't know. We he were thought on you guys bikes. were just visiting a friend. Oh, you guys were on bikes. Yeah, we, we were, so on you were driving. Ride. That's no, because that's right. why. So he thought you were locals. He, he thought thought we just, were on yep. a bike ride up the. Canyon. And that's what he was. He was like, "Oh, that bike ride is going to be really hard. Yeah, it's it a was, shitty bike ride. It was wild. But um, God, I can't. I still can't believe that fucking happened. But what was he wearing? He was wearing a white long sleeve t shirt and shorts and an orange baseball cap. But he appears to have lost um weight since, since October. Since then. Yeah. His hair is a different color. Then it was 
much more of like a bright red. Yeah, yeah. Redhead. he's brunette. It, it's more blonde brunette now. Yeah, um, that's good. I mean, he's gotten his yeah. hair's always gone between ginger and like brunette. But I don't know. Yeah, if he, which is like I think he's a, like dirty he's blonde. A redhead. He's a redhead naturally, but like, why is he coloring his hair brunette? Like, why? I mean, redhead's I don't know. Good. Redhead's cool. Like, isn't that like? I, I have you seen that thing? Um, I they talk about ugly redhead is at the bottom, ugly brunette ugly blonde but then you have hot blonde hot brunette the very top yes it's like reversed that makes complete sense i know it does make complete sense because it's it's yeah it's different it's It's so wild yes yeah Yeah, it is exotic you guys met him that's so funny yeah Yeah. i can't either it's still unbelievable it's still one of the coolest points in my life coolest thing the party the party that he was recorded at i actually got a vip pass to go to Mm -hmm. and I, i just didn't go so I was too. I was just like it'd be it'd be wrong for me to go because I'm gonna I'm gonna have to like tell him who I am, like a right. reporter yeah. writing a book about him. Right, and, just, and that was just it. we couldn't do that. We couldn't I be like, could, oh, by the way, we do a podcast about you, and we were actually riding our bike by your house because we we're low key stalking you. If you got, like, you know, would have been amazing. You should have asked them to like do the right there. Just yeah, pull out the phone have. and be like, can you just do you an interview with oh, us? Oh yeah. You know, I mean, you would have said no. But I don't like, know. Five percent chance Honestly, he would have said yes. He was so 5% nice to chance. us. I think. I think he would have let us into that fucking house. He's done that before, by the I way. I know he has. He's, and so, he's party with random people in his house. Yeah. He's well, on acid with that them. Video. Yeah, he's on acid with them and stuff. He's, there's all these stories about Axel and his Latigo Canyon like parties. Yeah. I, how was, I was, how was g- that? Was it like, was it a gate? He was no. saying in front of it's, oh, it's, it's, in, it's, it's not palatial. It's far oh, wow. more modest than you. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's, of course. you know, but it's, it's, I think it's. It's the estranged house. It still looks the same. Right? It hasn't changed. That's kind of why we want it. So the property itself is much bigger than the house. So the house takes up a fraction of the property he owns owns on this canyon um i think it's only three or four bedrooms but it, it's, it it's, wasn't it's, like a fortress the way that other celebrity no. houses are not like you could kind of like you could, see his you could walk up and like doorbell to tim yeah. if you wanted i think yeah, yeah. yeah. It was fascinating. that is so cool and i've it, always wanted to go yeah. drive by it but i'm always so afraid of just like i'm gonna get caught like, or something yeah totally that's why <laughs> i was like i'm not gonna drive by a celebrity house but i'm like but it's on a bike how did you guys you guys took your bikes to malibu yeah i'm gonna back my car yeah this yeah, is, this is purely for Axl Rose. Yeah. You guys didn't. We go wanted to see the estranged it, house. That was, it was that October. Was, we had nothing to do. It was nothing to do. Peak, That's like cool. this, we started this podcast like in the height of um, lockdown in the sense. fall lockdown. Nothing to do, and so just like kind of kept us sane. And yeah. this, this crazy thing kept us sane. It was just Absolutely. something to like dive you into. Say, yeah, beta, beta saved Axl. Well, this podcast saved us. Yeah, yeah I wrote like most of the the end of that book. During like wildfires, COVID, yeah. like it was just your end of times. You're just like, okay, so that's why can't I think the, go outside. That's kind of why I, I think breathe. the cover art and stuff like has that like that oh, yeah, dystopian does, huh? apocalyptic quality. Because I who did that? Um, oh god, I, his name. He was he. This is like kind of off the record. I don't really care. He was kind of an asshole to me. <laughs> so I, I, I freak. I don't want to even. Like, I don't want to promote him but, anymore. But yeah, yeah the, he, the cover of the book is an illustration of Axel. Um, in flames. Yeah. yeah. And there's like smoke behind. Yeah. yeah. I'll say that he did one of Marilyn Manson's videos, the artist. One of whose? Marilyn Manson's videos. Like it directed it? He directed one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's like, he has a good eye for like dark gothic kind of art. Cool. So mm-hmm. that's why I wanted him to, 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 I thought it'd be different than other Guns N' Roses covers, but I didn't like the font to be honest with you. But, yeah. Hey. It's a very interesting font. Yeah. I didn't choose the font. <laughs> that's my publisher. It's like Western. Yeah. 
they want. They, yeah, there's they, so many good fonts in the Guns N' Roses like world. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was like I didn't want the blood thing because yeah. that's every Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. book. There's splattered blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's two of them right there. I think there's like 15 of these like splattered. <laughs> bl- I'm like I don't want. Look, look. I mean, these two books look look exactly oh, the same. You I wouldn't be able to tell the totally. difference. Totally, and I right? have it totally. in there like that's... Slash's book, War, yeah. um, Duff's you... book, and they're all red and black. So I'm glad you brought that up. Have you read Slash by Slash? Yeah, of course. Of course. What did you think of that? I thought it was very entertaining. I, I thought that he dodged things in a way that bought, it was very propagandistic. I think all those books are. Like the Duff book is like that as well. I think mm-hmm. he, they're very careful about the things they talk about. Well, and that not. was written when he, he and Axel were still feuding. Too. They're still feuding. He was he was critical of Axel, but he he, he complimented he also, Axel. Said, a lot. Yeah, he he admitted uh, Axel's this great front man. Yeah, and, they, but and he's he crazy. acknowledged that they had like moments and yeah. chemistry and things like that. It had a shit ton of information. Do you in remember? It. Does he? Are we remembering this wrong? Is this a Mandela effect, or does Slash dox himself with having genital warts in that book? Does that sound familiar to you? Mm, I don't remember that, but he's <laughs> he's talked about like herpes and things. I mean, they yeah. all have, but yeah. I don't think he talked about genital. Did he talk about genital? I think he Good did. God. He, yeah, I read the I book. You surprised. haven't read the book. I, I can't let go. Slash having genital warts. I mean, no, she talks about now it every he has herpes too. I mean, he he does officially. I mean, he's did. talked about it, but like he, you know. Well, they say one in five people. Twenty five. Yeah, one, someone in Guns N' Roses has being in that world. I mean, do you imagine like Slash <laughs> yeah. in oh, yeah. the eighties? I mean, he was dating I'm not like saying, I'm just Tracy Lords and stuff. I mean, what, I'm <laughs> just saying it's interesting that he put it out there for the world. That's interesting. I remember that. I want to. I want to find that now. Yeah, I'll yeah, find yeah, it. yeah. I'll find I it for everyone. Those books kind of bother me though, because they're always so carefully written to yeah, avoid but- avoid making themselves look at all mm-hmm. like part of the problem. Yeah, it's always like, oh, Axel's the reason why we broke up. Axel's the reason why all these. And we've like, never gotten Axel's side of anything. We've ever. never gotten Axel's never. side of everything. Yeah. yeah, we have. Well, we have. We hinted at things like he, even during that weird press conference he did with David Tang or whatever the the. Um, he did a press conference in like 2016, mm-hmm. random press conference, and he talked about how Slash's book is just bullshit. You know, yeah. so I mean that's like refreshing to mm-hmm. hear that. Like or, that wasn't something I expected him to say. He's done Eddie Trunks interviews, and he said a few things here and there. But yeah, I mean I think we don't really know Which the is truth. So funny too, because like early Axel, like he was so out there and like kind of the. I don't know, the appetite axle. Yeah, he's not that guy anymore. It's it's so different. There's like appetite axle, there's nineties axle, uh Chinese demo, and then the axle today, hey, but which why, is actually but why should it be? Why can't he's almost sixty years old? Having yeah. an expectation mm. of him being this like thirty year old wild rocker right, exactly. is extremely stupid. I just like right. love the fact that now he's just like watches like History Channel and he like yeah. just like just boomers it up like yeah. up there yeah. and he's like yeah, nice he's guy. reading Daily Cost and like really oh, liberal, yeah. liberal blogs. He watches MSNBC <laughs> all day yeah. Tweeting yeah. about Trump and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it's well, like that, so funny. I wrote this thing for Penthouse about how silly that was. Well, mm-hmm. I, I just found it absurd that he was a Demo- like he was a Democrat and he was like he's a neolib. Yeah, yeah he's like, a neolib. He, he could have been like I think Axl Rose could have either gone to like the alt right yeah. or the kind of cool unwoke leftist wing of like politics like the cool like the people who I like kind of like admire like Susan Sarandon like I don't know <laughs> oh, like, yeah, Susan like Greg Greenwald kind of like okay. you know what I mean like a little more yeah. like edgelordy leftist okay. uh-huh. as opposed to like abs- like He's, Hillary Clinton I, I'm Democrat surpri- I'm not surprised by that at all you're not surprised by that he, not became, the most, he became the most generic Democrat I was like wow you're yeah, like he's really generic the, Democrat you're, you don't see like the, this is like this is a lack of self-awareness mm-hmm. you know what I mean because it's like anybody who's like a Hillary Clinton Democrat yeah yeah. doesn't really want to face like reality but because it's just yeah. such a convoluted phony propagandistic sort of view of progressivism and mm-hmm. i think he, but it, and i was disappointed by that i'm like you're axel rose like you 
you have time to like sit here and research everything and just see beyond that bullshit. Not if you watch bullshit. MSNBC all day. That's the problem. He's watching mm-hmm. Keith, yeah. Keith Oberman or whatever. Totally, I don't watch yeah. this. Yeah, but like, I'm like wow. Like, <laughs> that sucks. I forgot about that guy. He did? He's part of the same, he's, he's, it's, it's, a, he's it's an illusion. Like, it's, yeah. it's like a different kind of illusion. There's the yeah, blue illusion right. and the red illusion. It's like Use they're both, illusion. They're both completely wrong. Illusions. Who are the rock stars that have become alt-right? There's someone that, the Morrissey. Officially, officially yeah. or like, like sort of, like vaguely. Uh, or vaguely, yeah. Or Morrissey, I would say, I would say Kanye, Sort of maybe mm, trolling, maybe trolling. not. Yes, absolutely. No, but, Kanye. But the, come on, we Ariel, all admit that Morrissey is Ariel a Pink. Pink. Ariel Pink, yeah. Yeah. John Mouse, properly like who? John Mouse, really? Yeah, he was at the interaction. That. He was with Ariel Pink. See, I was like, Ariel Pink thing. The Ariel Pink thing was I met him once, and he uh, talked never, about yeah. he talked about Guns N' Roses for like two hours. Oh, really? Interesting. And and then politics came up, and I was and like, you're like, whoop, interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, he no, was man. Like, man Kid Rock, Ted Nugent. A lot of people in like the like I'm really metal. I'm a lot of these metal guys are, but they always have been. That's that's something you just want to pay. There's attention a lot of people to. in that sort of alleged sort of indie progressive you know, genre of music in LA who are not what you think. I mean, they're yeah. more. Further to the right than they say they are publicly, mm-hmm. which kind of is, is weird. Anybody you can like, name? just be honest. You know, I think it's to be who you are. No, people are afraid. They're too afraid to talk about things because they know yeah. it's going to happen. Like, in the minute they come out and say, like, "Oh, I own a gun and I, and I support Second Amendment" or something, if you're a rock star, mm-hmm. people are going to like flip out. Actually, is, like, owning di- a gun, gun pro being pro guns, is super alt left now. Is too. it really? Yeah. Guns are like, oh, and again, really? I don't know. I you can't hilarious. fucking keep up with these people. Communism. But guns are. I thought are, a gun was like, you're, you're done. No, guns are it's in. like you're right for, yeah. It's like, it's, oh, you don't cool. call the cops. You have to shoot no, the person. No, it has something to do with like okay. um, anti-gun laws were kind of created in a way um, uh, to suppress like the black community or whatever. Oh, so so that, it's like, that's actually kind of true. Yeah. So that's a next level of thinking that I never thought about. I yeah. actually love the aestheticization of guns because Guns N' Roses movies yeah. and like films and film noir. Mm-hmm. Um, the femme fatale and shit. I love that aspect of guns, but I'm too afraid to like own. I love guns. I've I shot one the, in the past, but no, not anymore. It's like if you know how to if you know how to shoot, and you could be comfortable with the thing in your hand. It's fun. It's fun, but like it 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 gives you some power, and it totally. I don't see anything wrong with a responsible person having a gun in there. No, it's I actually know. like more responsible to know how to shoot and handle. Learn how yeah. to use the item. Keep it in a safe so spot. Don't I mean, let your don't let your weird teen son. You know, go to a movie theater with it, and you're fucked. The reason why, so here's the reason why I don't, I don't know one. I go walking a lot. I walk like two hours a day, probably, right? Because yeah, yeah. I write my stuff in my head uh-huh. and I listen to like podcasts or whatever. And then I'm like, if I had a gun on me, and this fucking, you know, you know these kids who like go 80 miles per hour and they almost kill you half the time and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I had a gun on me, I'd 100 percent pull it out, and like I would be that guy. So that's, like, I, I'm not responsible enough to like this. Yeah, and, 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 and know that, and know that about yourself. You know, don't shoot the guy. Don't shoot the guy. <laughs> Like, I'm just not, I'm just like emotionally, I'm probably too emotionally volatile to own a gun. But see, the thing is, it's like knowing that is part of the process. Absolutely. That's it. That's don't, a, if you're not that person, don't own it. Yeah. One of my favorite Axl Rose store, or like it is the um, Rolling Stone with by Del James. And he's got oh, yeah. an Uzi like under yeah. his yeah. Like, couch. Uzis are part of like a, kind of a low like, key part the of the guns fuck? and The like, Ice Cube Uzi too, yeah. like the cool gangster. Yeah. Like the 80, yeah. And it's just like so insane to think about like imagine walking into gun, right. like Axel's apartment, the all black mirrored Oh, what, a, what a time that was. That was the peak of the insanity. He All mm-hmm. black mirrors, broken glass, mm-hmm. going crazy, black, Just, everything black, the, Uzi, um, shotguns. Yeah, hitting everywhere. The neighbor with the um, wine bottle. Wine, oh, the wine bottle, bottle and throwing yeah. the keys off a 12-story building. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Just complete madness at that point. I think yeah. that was a period where it was like, 
he was turning 27, I think, close to 27. Mm-hmm. Or 27, 27 club, they're getting that yeah. was pretty was close. Was he trying to 27 club himself? No, but he said that 27 was his hardest year. They get he I, was gonna he a was lot gonna die. Like, that get, like, yeah, weird. You know, weird at the 27 yeah, age. Yeah. Well, he was like, because because he was studying. Because he, he's a he's a generation where 27 was a thing already. Like thinking about 27. Mm-hmm. Like Janet Joplin and Jim Morrison weren't thinking about no. oh, 27 is yeah. a thing. Like mm-hmm. Axel was studying that because he was he was reading about Jim Morrison a lot. You know, and yeah. he was actually he visited Morrison's grave when he was 27. Yeah. And realized, okay, I don't want to be, I don't want to die. I want to make money and I want to live a good life. That's like, so that's when he became Mick Jagger instead yeah, right. of Jim Morrison. Right. Yeah. That's um. Uh, like an, it, a funny thing about like the early Guns N' Roses stuff of just like how the management was just keeping them alive. Like everyone yeah. thought they were going to die and they died. Like oh, yeah. Slash died several times. So, like yeah. they were all. Axel too. Yo, did one. Axel yeah. did one. So, I mean, and people Axel's forget. Like, the bipolar, like bipolar with an Uzi. Like it's incredible that they made it out alive and they're on fucking not in this. They're all 60 and yeah. generally in good health. Yeah. It's they're shocking all, that there's no more. There's not more uh, Compared to like other bands. Yeah, yeah. It's really wild. Is, and Izzy Stradlin's probably Probably like the healthiest now. He's, like, he's not in the band. You got Adler is probably Adler's, Adler's like oh, probably not in great. Shape. He's not in great. No one shape. knows what's going on. He's probably not doing great. I would that say great. Duff is in peak physical condition. Oh, Duff is like an oh, athlete. Yeah. He's like Duff a kickboxer. That's what all that's on perfection. <laughs> that's a lot of what I'm reading on Twitter about the reviews from yesterday. Is that Duff's even like more buff? He's even God. more ripped. I love it. my favorite thing about Duff is he like went and just like became basic. Like after he got sober, he like bought the Amazon stock. Like <laughs> yeah, moved to the suburbs, got super buff, rode a motor, yeah, got a pug. Uh, yeah, he wrote a what did he, was it about he, be a man? He wrote a book. Like he wrote a, this oh, like self help yeah. book. Yeah, for men. It's so funny. For, well, sort of. It was called. It's called be, yeah. But it was more about like financial, like get your shit together financially for like oh. sloppy. Fucked yeah, because he yeah. Yeah. from this rich guy's like dude. account. Okay. You know, he yeah. went and got his account <laughs> or whatever. Like, you really had to worry about finance. It's funny though, because like once you have a million dollars, you can't really fuck that up. But yeah. I guess rock stars can. So he was like, oh well, this is how you don't fuck up your million dollars. Yeah, well, that was, the money stuff is really super interesting because that's what we. I mean, like the them going back on tour. Like Axel's set, right? He owns Guns and Roses, TM or whatever. Yeah, but like. Slash has all these stories of like um, the alimony, the divorces, all that stuff, and they're they're like looking for cash sometimes, which See, is I weird to think Beta, about. For, to some extent, in her defense, protected mm-hmm. Axel from any of these situations. I mean, she might have fucked up. She might have been overprotective. Like I don't think Axel's been anything close to getting married since Stephanie Seymour. No, I don't no. Know and that's a long time. So I mean, he's probably not going to at this point. Yeah. I imagine. But well, like, no, he's definitely not if he's been secretly married to Beta for twenty years. Right. Maybe secretly married. But I think maybe he decided I don't want to ever get married. This will be better for business. Who knows? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think that's that irrational. I think some people decide in their thirties, probably in their mid thirties or forties, whether they'll they'll ever get married. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's around the time you decide if this is ever going to happen in your Signing life. Signing a contract right. with he's a person. He's probably like, I'm not going to yeah. do it. So yeah. Let's do this, Beta. Oh, I don't man. Know. Well, yeah. wedding. We huh. can talk about November rain. But what uh, the thing, when you were saying... I have a very, very... Di- I, this is it just... I've changed how I view Beta. I didn't really want that to happen. I think she saved his life. But I don't think that necessarily it was good for Guns N' Roses fans uh-huh. or the business of Guns uh-huh. N' Roses or the little legacy. I think it hurt the legacy. I think Team Brazil hurt the legacy Team of Guns N' Roses, so no question. So I think... <laughs> For a variety of reasons. First of all, merchandising. Guns N' Roses has been one of the worst of all the great legacy bands to, in, regarding their merchandising huh. and their legacy and their archives. Like, there hasn't been any proper re-releases. There hasn't been any great merch. Like, there hasn't been an they iconic... They shitty shit in Target. But it's garbage. It's garbage, yeah. yeah. Like, they had this, like, 3D documentary of... Well, doc- concert oh, yeah, yeah. film mm. of, like, the, the hard rock stuff. Mm-hmm, they should have mm-hmm. buried the hard rock. The hard rock stuff should never have even surfaced. Like, it was so hideous. And to me, it's like, that's okay. That they ha- Like, Axel had bills to pay. Guns N' Roses is a corporation. 
he had to take the job. Mm-hmm. There was no slash. I mean, that band was that band in like 2013, 20, like no one cared about Guns N' Roses. Yeah, there's no at all, income. Right? So he's like, I'm going to do the casino stuff. But like to do, to, to the, for that to be your only concert film, like yeah, period. That's pretty you have all this user losing footage just sitting the, around. The user right? footage is with some of their best concerts. Like, yeah, the Saskatoon. Saskatoon. You where, have to find the Where's that? The rips? Bo- yeah. I, I mean, Still has never been officially released. And then the box set that came out for the Appetite for Destruction box set, like, I mean, the lock Isn't and loaded there, thing was did, hideous. Was like, it someone filming a documentary during user illusion yeah, too? Yeah, Robert like, John, he has, yeah. he has like 80 hours, of, 180 yeah. hours of footage. He's just selling. I mean, actually can buy that for nothing and turn it into a beautiful documentary. They have the rights to the songs. Incredible. What's the yeah. problem? Give it to Scorsese. Oh my He'll God. He'll do it. Give it to Scorsese yeah. and give him a million dollars and say, make the greatest Guns N' Roses documentary. Make yeah. the greatest documentary. See, but not doing any of these and things. And that would revive a bull. That's Team Brazil's yeah. fuck up The to thing me. that I really... But they, because, they, because they have it? Because they Beta, just don't I think, know that culture well, part, ha- I think. Or I don't no, know. I think Beta... I think Axel is hesitant to revisit the past in general, mm-hmm. I feel like. And I think Beta and Fernando and, and so forth are more interested in keeping their jobs and keeping him happy so they get paid and so they're they not going to take like, risks and they, well, they, they want to keep him happy because yeah. they know he's so easily triggered. I mean, there's I've talked to certain people in that mm-hmm. world and they've told me things about like, we want we don't want this to get in front of him because if it does and he reads it or if he ever... There's going to be problems. So they're he keeping gets information from him. He gets triggered. They're very withholding easily. information. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, actively. So it's, and this they is, are Yolandaing him. They admit this, by the way. I mean, Fernando's talked about this. He goes, "I don't want him to read." They have him in like a, a Billboard room, magazine about Chinese yeah. democracy yeah. To, to like revisit fucking like how the label so fucked him over. Not going to listen to this triggers podcast. Them. Okay. Yeah. Triggers his okay, trauma. Okay, well that's okay. Yeah, that's fine trauma. to do. But if they're if they're if they're not giving the opportunity to make business decisions that might be detrimental to them, that's not okay. That's happening, for sure. And, mm-hmm. then, and that's happening because also they realize it's a combination of things, right? The bit, it, bad for them is when it's bad for Axel. So if Axel gets triggered and gets angry and wants to fire some people, they're the first, you know, they're, they're, in, the, they're in the line of fire. Like, I mean, there's a story in the book about a former publicist who worked with Beta and mm-hmm. how Axel, the whole night, the whole um, the Phoenix Airport thing, the mugshot, oh, yes. Yes, yes, 1998, yes. the first photo of Axel anyone had yeah. seen since like 94, yeah. I think the Hall of Fame ceremony. And so Axel was belligerent, like he lost it. He won, he, the, he was, the mugshot cannot appear in the nightly news. Mm-hmm. And so like, if someone, if that, if that mugshot like was like all over the place, someone's going to get fired. Right. And so like, as he's flying from Phoenix to Los Angeles, his publicist and beta have to break into his house and like reprogram the satellite satellite dish and change our, oh like, make, to make God. sure he never sees this on the nightly news. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how afraid people are to get fired by him because they need that job. Just like Michael Jackson, just They're like Prince. showing him to some extent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's happening for sure. And I think that you know, it's like, can you blame? I feel bad for people who are always like, it's fascinating. It's your job. Like if you had a boss who was really sensitive Mm -hmm. and he was the only reason you had a beautiful house, right? Yeah. And you had, and you had to pay your, and you had to pay for your kids to eat and you had to pay for your kids to go to school. Would you not want to prevent that boss from getting like enraged? Yeah. I kind of would, right? Like, I mean, I kind of like, I I mean, there's people that do that every day. It's manipulative, but like, aren't we all manipulative to our bosses? Uh We all prevent them from seeing certain things because, or like, we we all all prevent ourselves from getting fired on a daily basis. That's the way to put it. Right? Yeah. And so that's what we're doing. And and it's, it affects us as fans because we're like, where's the fucking re-release? Where's the, where's the coffee table book with beautiful photos? So I just want to just make it clear, understand. You're saying if any of these things come out, it'll rehash yes. information yes. that will be negatively affect Axel. That's it. 100%. Probably the only time we'll see it is. But, but okay. On that note, why are why are these tours not enough for that? The tours are because what do you mean? Not enough for what? Why don't the to tours trigger, trigger that? 
Because because the tours are the yeah. tours are guys in mostly separate dressing rooms. Yeah, they're rooms, getting like babied. And- mostly transported transportation wise separately for the most part. Uh-huh. Different hotels, different dinners at night, completely different lives. Meet for a few minutes backstage, have a couple conversations. Del James makes sure they don't you know get in fights. Probably he probably mm-hmm. makes sure Axel gets what he wants. Axel comes on stage, performs a few songs for two hours or whatever, and goes home. So you think that is the extent of Axel's relationship with Slash and Duff? For the most part, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. No, no, it's for sure. Like that's it's. They have they have like a friendly. It's like working for a corporation. You don't hang out with your. I mean, some people do hang out with their employees, but like you don't always hang out with the people you work with. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, you don't talk have to. to them. You're fi- you're fine. You yeah, smile. Okay. You might have a beer together. You might have. You might go to their birthday because you're like, okay, fine, I yeah. have to. But it's like not. They're not your best friends. But Duff slash are hanging out. Yeah, they're, they're all those down. guys are hanging out. And Sorum, yeah, they're all friends. Yeah. Even even Gilby probably maybe Sorum, comes around sometimes. I think Sorum might have just might have shot himself in the foot. Okay, oh, let's, let's, tell let's us about Sorum. Talk yeah. about Sorum. Okay. What? We we're big fans. Oh, you guys like my you guys are big fans of Matt Sorum? <laughs> Why? Well, because you think he's a good drummer. Oh, because he's oh, a good drummer. No, yes. I just think yes. um I think he's a phenomenal drummer. <laughs> I was saying I that. like his work on User Illusion. I like his work in other bands he's done. And that's so cool. I've never met a Matt Sorum fan. Our, like our, like our, legit defending him in front of him. Like this is great. This is, this is a, cool. I, I don't I, I don't think like he Matt is a good drum, I'll drummer. Be I don't, That's I'm fine. Not a big fan. You don't have to. But what what, what we've <laughs> talked about? I think he glowed up. It's the not most. about whether or not I like Matt Sorum. You which, like his work on the record. I like Matt Sorum. I think he's a phenomenal drummer. Um, he is, by the way. He's a great drummer. So he's Van Halen like level like he's, proficient. He's very 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 good. And I think a lot of User Illusion sound is is him leading that rhythm section. And uh, I, I just I love that's, it. That's true. So on that note. We don't really know what happened with Matt Sorum, uh, why he was let go before Spaghetti Incident. Well, didn't he Man, confront Axel backstage about one of the yeah, riots? Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of things. So there's interviews. You have to piece it together. He there's didn't no, play on Spaghetti Incident, did he? He did I don't, not. No, he no. Didn't. There, okay, that's there's, right. There's, he just did use your illusion. Spag- hold on, Spaghetti. No, he did Spaghetti. He did, did Spaghetti. He? Yeah, who would have done it if okay, it wasn't but him? So, but why would he did Spaghetti? But I think any of the guys that have, like the rotating cast have done this. I think the real question was why why he didn't come back for Chinese the Chinese democracy era because well that and this tour yeah and the Chinese democracy era is because he went on to do Velvet Revolver with Slash. Yeah, yeah. So he clearly had an okay relationship with Slash and Duff. That was part of the problem, I think. I think yeah. so. I think part of the problem was that he was very clearly in the band. The allegiance was towards those guys, not Axel. Okay. And so that's already deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think th- there's interviews. If you read like, just, there's I think an Entertainment Weekly interview where he's like being, he's like, it's an infamous Brandon, one where he's like, yeah. he's like hanging on a chandelier and he's fucked up and he's drunk it's and he's so funny. And he's being the party animal like yeah. Matt Sorum. Because all the other guys are like, we're we're fucking yeah, done. Th- that's like, like we're done. Slash sh- is almost dead. Wait, this <laughs> Duff is dead. Okay. Oh, like, so, uh, so the user illusion. Whatever, yeah, yeah. The, exactly. And the user illusion, like the end of the tour, uh-huh. all the other, all the guys it's, are kind of slowing down. If you read okay. the books, if you read the biographies, they're all like, dude, this was too much. Yeah. Like we need to go they home. We're tired. We're tired. We need to go home. We're dying. Like they're this is like all physically dying. All, yeah. But, but Sorum was not that so, guy. Sorum was partying till the like tequila, park cocaine. He was the peak party. I know, and that's guy. So funny. And, then, okay. and there's an interview in EW about this. I think that was part of the problem because he was like fucked up, and Axel really yeah, wasn't. Yeah, Axel didn't like and that. And so Axel never liked that, and I think Sorum confronted him a few times for his diva like behavior mm-hmm. and this is pretty public but i think that he was he was he was playing the role of izzy izzy was the guy that, that would always confront kind of, axel yeah, like, yeah. What do you do? Do for the most part because he was izzy right yeah. izzy, his one true friend and he founded the band and yeah. he was really the the sort of architect of that band absolutely uh-huh. storm was not storm was just a drummer they picked up on picked up because he was really good out there was really dying good. and yeah, they're exactly. like we, we want the best drummer here he's free yeah. done yeah. pay him yes. get him on the 
he wasn't the kind of guy that should be confronting Axl Rose. I think that was a problem. And I think he said some stuff over the years in interviews during the Velvet Revolver stuff about mm-hmm. Axl being this and that. And the minute you talk shit about him and you're not Slash, you're gone. Yeah. It's basically just, yeah. <laughs> like, if you notice the trend, they're not coming back. Like Steven Adler came back for one, two shows. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The funny thing about Matt them. Sorum being the party, when I read that, because when you watch the videos, even when you watch November Rain, he looks like such a square. He looks like everyone's dad. Yeah, he, he looks so like much older. Hair, hair and like, you. he's in the worst clothes. And you're just like, oh, they just hire. He yeah. looks like they like fellow kids to him. Like yes. brought in like an older person fit. to make him he look cool. I, that's why it's nothing. He never fit the culture. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I could see why he was a good mechanic. Like he's really talented. But he wasn't like, he didn't fit the culture. Yeah. But he was the right drummer for that record. And mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine that album, those albums being anything. So I can, yeah. No, they're was, as good as they are because of Sorum on, on those drums. Oh, yeah. I mean, the album changed because of him. Because the, he, he the whole entire sound changed. Drummers and, matter a lot. People don't give drummers credit. No, they they think drummers are just like the background. You know, no, we like talk he about changed the dynamic. When you listen to Appetite versus Use Your Illusion and you don't go at it with the lens of Appetite's a perfect, I could, sure, yes, Appetite for Destruction is a rare perfect album from yeah, front yeah. to back. User, user Illusions 1 and 2 are not perfect from front to back. No. However, I do love them equally, if not more, right. than Appetite. That said, when you listen to both of them and you look at it from the lens of drumming, the, the importance of drumming and the, how it carries the sound of a band is so astoundingly clear mm. on those two records between Adler's drumming yeah, and Sora's drumming. Changed, I yeah, totally mentally. agree. Totally yeah. different. And, you it's know, Adler's, so drumming, Adler's drumming was perfect for that record. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, it's, I, I agree. I think I think Sora musically brought a lot to that record, mm-hmm. for sure. I think the personality was a problem, and I think that yeah. he caused... I, 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 you look at Axl Rose, you study him. You th- I mean, the book was a psychological study of Axl yeah. for the most part, for me. Um, a lot of it was. And so if you, once you get that deep into Axl Rose, you start kind of seeing things like patterns of behavior. And, and so I don't see Matt Sorum and Axl Rose working out. I just, that, the alpha sort of, um, They're both kind you know, of party yeah. animal sort of, you know, persona of, of like Sorum, the frat boy yeah. and Axel being, he seems like, Axel seems like the alpha kind of tough. He's not, he's like, he's kind of a introvert in a weird he's way. And he's very awkward and he's kind of shy. He's funny in this, but like, yeah, that person, those two personalities would not work. Mm-hmm. Izzy and Axel worked because they were, Axel became the sort of dominant personality with Izzy. Mm-hmm. But like, that's a rare thing. Axel's usually the quiet sort of cerebral it's surprising because people think he's not that guy they think he's like this like dominant like yeah talkative forceful this like presence and he's not i've heard i've heard him speaking i've heard inter- people talk about him mm-hmm. he's, he's mostly just a really shy quiet kind of gentle guy i know we were talking about that someone recently because there are these stories of him like exploding and blah 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 sure. but when we saw him he's like really nice we were watching i was watching some paparazzi video of him in the airport and he was super nice yeah. The guy called him Slash, and he's like, oh, no big deal. I was like, yeah. that's like not, it that doesn't fit in the axle. Depends on the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does have temper. He's done, yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen airport stuff where he's punched the guy totally. in the face. So yeah. like, he's, he's a loose cannon, but for the most part, for his personality the most part, gentle, is not yeah. a loose cannon. Like, he loses his mind, but he's not an angry, generally, like, a you know, that kind of person. So I think that's where he, he gets triggered by those kind of personalities, if you notice. Like, the people he doesn't like to work with, the people he doesn't vibe with. 